This episode is brought to you by Novella Mattresses. I watch shows like My 600 Pound Life all the time, and I see those people who are bedridden. If you were bedridden, would you want to live your entire life on an uncomfortable mattress? I think the answer is a solid no. That's why you need a mattress from Novilla. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress, perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369.99. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Ever since I got this mattress, I've been struggling to get out of bed in the morning because it's so comfortable. Even Frank loves it as it's his favorite bed in the house. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. What is going on, my fellow Shwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Sweezy, a.k.a. the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. What is up? Welcome to the show today. Like I tell you, it is probably my favorite. Now, uh, I do want to say this beforehand uh, as we're recording this. Um, trying out a green screen. I have it on the blue green screen kind of side, but I'm wearing a green shirt, so I'm hoping everything works out and uh, doesn't look super stupid. So if uh, this first part, if you're watching the video, may just be me floating around with kind of grinchy stuff on, grinchy stuff on my shirt. But do I care? Um, I'm going to try not to. But uh, hopefully the blue background helps everything out. But no, welcome to the show today. Like I said, this is the Lord's trademark favorite podcast uh, coming to you live today with our greatest episode. What are we doing today on this episode? Um, we... Um, we're donning the appropriate gay apparel because I know there's a lot of gay apparel out there, uh, for a lot, for a lot of folks. Ooh, Mike just kind of cut out there. I need to change out this cable. It's kind of like this setup type thing. Um, there's an appropriate gay apparel and, uh, today we're going to uh, determine what that is. So, um, yeah. So thank you for listening to the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. Um, thank you so much. It means a lot that you're checking out the show. This is, uh, what I work on a lot. This is what I kind of trying to build up during the pandemic. And this is kind of what I had. So thank you so much for, uh, doing that. We might be going through another pandemic. The world might be ending soon. So why not spend time with old daddy Sweezy? Um, so, uh, some things I want to tell you, I have music out now, wherever you streaming music, that is Spotify, that is Apple music, that is Tidal, that is Deezer, um, that is YouTube, that is the Amazon, uh, out now, wherever you are streaming music, uh, I have one EP, Ride or Die, Volume 2, another one that just turned a year old, Ride or Die, which is technically Ride or Die Volume 1, but it just says Ride or Die, um, I have another EP, King, and I have a couple singles spread out here and there. Go check out my music. You should be streaming it nonstop when you've finished all the podcasts that I've ever done. Uh, I've been doing podcasts for a couple of years for a while now, and, uh, yeah, you should too. Um, 
in another word, what I'll be saying here is, uh, yeah, if you're not streaming my music 24-7 on your preferred streaming platform, probably you're supposed to ask to follow me on a streaming platform. I'm not that good at that. So uh, please do what you're supposed to do on those things. Um, like on social media. I know how to promote that. On uh, social media, you should follow me. It's at the Shweezy, and that's wherever you get your podcast. No, not podcast. Jesus Christ. Wherever you get your social media, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and then there's also TikTok. I've been trying to post a lot more on the talk, and uh, you should go cheat me. I'm doing a lot of uh, cringy stuff, and uh, if you're wondering why is he posting this cringy stuff, that's the fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I also want to post that. I'm going to be burping a lot this episode, um, so I'm sorry for people who don't like that, um, but uh, like I said, my alcohol tolerance has gone up too high, now I'm trying to determine how many beers I can do. So I got a 12-pack of PBR. I am on beer number three, and uh, I'm still pretty sober. Like I'm saying, at this point, I would say I can drive. So uh, we're going to figure this out throughout this episode. Let's see how many I end with. I'm probably going to say, like, maybe six if we're lucky uh, in the situation. So um, to that, here's to feeling good all the time. Ah, there we go. Wipe off the residue of beer on it. And if you're watching the video, and if I look like I don't like it, I do like it. I don't know why. I just like, with anything that's kind of like sour or like kind of like the bitter sweet type of stuff, I always like look like I hate it, but I really do like it. I don't know why my face does that. Anyways, though, like I said, I talk about music and my social media. Um, one thing you can see on the social media is when I stream on Twitch. Now, Twitch, I've been playing a lot of video games on there. I one point may at some point maybe I could get into uh, make, trying to make music on Twitch. See if people like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. But uh, I mean, that, that's a cool thing. My friend Grass Kingdoms does that, and uh, it's really cool. But uh, what uh, well you can do though, is follow me on Twitch. That's free. Um, if you have an Amazon Prime account, however, you can connect it to uh, your Twitch account. You get a Twitch Prime. Offers you one free subscribe every month. Now, here is the here's the thing um, with that, though. So when you get a Twitch Prime a month, you get one free subscribe. Now, subscribes or subs on Twitch are basically kind of a $5 thing. Sometimes they're discounted or whatever, but typically around $5. When you have a Twitch Prime account, you get one free subscribe every month. And uh, with that being said, why are you not helping me out? Why are you not helping Daddy Shweezy out? Daddy needs your help. Daddy made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite open wide. So don't do that. You know, help me out there. Another way you can, and that's basically a free way to financially support me, even if... Uh, Basically, without spending any money, unless, assuming you already have an Amazon Prime account that you're using nonstop. So, uh, don't be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Um, and basically, another way to just financially support me is head us up on the Patreon. Patreon uh, is a great way to just support any creators, like myself included. It really helps me financially just kind of get anything I want to do done and going full throttle. So... Don't be stingy, and you should help me out there. And that's a great way to say thank you for being a friend. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Travel down this road back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I really hope this green screen shit is working out. Um, the thing with green screens is, uh, especially in the way I'm doing it, is I'm not going to know if it works. 
till I'm finished. And so this is the last week I get to wear this Christmas sweater because we're donning the gay apparel. And um, I'm telling you, people, if you think I, I hate like wearing, I don't want to wear the same outfit, even if it's like maybe I'll wear my windbreak, my special windbreaker, uh, one episode or the you know, the gold jacket, another episode. Uh, those are like a couple episodes in, you know, you gotta gotta put that on for the fans. Uh, and I'm like, I don't wear this all the time, you know. I kind of I switch it up. Um, this I take off immediately after I'm done. I put it on right when I'm doing the podcast. I take it off immediately once I am done. So do not think I am have worn this the entire month of December or in a, in a couple of days in uh, November. So don't be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, Man proposes and God disposes. Um, yeah, but here's the free shit you can do. If you're watching the show on the YouTube, the YouTube, um, obviously, uh, with the full episode, you can like, subscribe, um, leave a comment and all that stuff. I post the highlights from that as well with the highlights, um, being said, that's a great way to show your friends what you're into. I know some people may not listen to this full podcast, but they will check out the, you know, like the highlights and stuff like that. It's like kind of narrowed down stuff like that. Um, so, and then audio listeners listen to obviously my audio only, um, which you're listening to right now. So, um, that's one thing for the audio only listeners, go check out the YouTube page. I could obviously love your subscribe, even if you're not, uh, you're not, you're mainly an audio only listener. I'd love your subscribe. It just helps out infiltrating algorithms. Cause that's what we do on this show. We infiltrate algorithms. Uh, another thing, so yeah, so that really helps out a lot. And then obviously I post the highlights. What the highlights will do is say like, oh, I want to share this with my friends. This was a really funny thing. I'd like my friend to see this. Um, go ahead and send out the highlights out to them. And uh, it's kind of easier. And then they can be like, oh, I want to watch more of Daddy Shweezy. <laughs> and then, yeah. And I post clips on uh, TikTok. Everything starts with a T. Twitter, TikTok, Twitch. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So, um, every Thursday, um, so yes, you know, yeah, no, go do that. That's, that's easy free shit you can do. Leave a comment. I really like it when people put intelligent comments. It's weird. Uh, the, uh, the intelligence of my audience who listen to the show is actually very high, <laughs> which is so weird <laughs> that the intelligence level of my, <laughs> this audience is really high for the lowbrow content I sometimes do. Um, that's why I've tried, um, you know, and it's obviously, I know some of you are trying to be well-educated to listen to the show. And I know, I know, I know you're out there. Um, so that's why I'm trying to at least, uh, uh, that's why I've somewhat changed instead of just talking about ridiculous things I see, um, talk about more things I can comment on and especially music things where I can talk, comment on, on like a educational and smart level. Cause I can talk about music very smartly, even though I said the word smartly, but, uh, yeah, and uh, audio-only listeners, i got to go back to that. Um, obviously, subscribe on your preferred audio platform. I should be everywhere. Um, back when I was on a former network, they should have got me everywhere. It's, I don't think anything's changed. RSS feeds has not changed. And uh, you obviously leave a review. Um, it sounds simple, um, but uh, it means the world to me when you do that. It really helps us infiltrate algorithms. And leave your 54321-star review. Like I said, that's the great way to say thank you for being a friend and uh, making sure that Garth Brooks doesn't try to kill you. And I really like that. I don't know if that picked up in the microphone, but there was a big plane that just flew by. And I don't even live near the airport anymore, which is the weird thing. Which is the weird thing. Um, anyways, though, I think that's all I really have to say. Um, let's get 
into previous week right now. Previous week right now is the news that I infiltrated. I don't know if this is getting picked up by the mic or not, but it's loud, so I'm sorry for that, uh, if that actually does get picked up. So previous week right now, for those of you wanting to know, for those of you new to the show today, uh, previous week right now is uh, the news of the previous week, which in tandem I will be going over right now. So with that being said, um, as my boy Philip DeFranco would say. Let's just jump into it. Okay, this first article from CNN Business, very interesting. Papa John's new crust is inspired by a city known for its pizza. Papa John's is tossing up a New York-inspired pizza nationwide. Beginning December 27th, the chain is rolling out its take on a New York-style pizza that features eight oversized foldable slices with the right balance of crust and toppings. The city's pizza are known to be bigger than average with a less doughy crust compared to their counterparts. The 16-inch pizza's thin crust is key to its foldability, Papa John said. The crust made with our signature six-ingredient dough and delicious toppings is what truly sets our New York-style pizza apart and offers pizza lovers a new way to experience the East Coast stable, no matter what they live or how they choose to enjoy it. Scott Rodriguez, the company's senior vice president of menu strategy and product innovation, said in a press release, the New York-style pizza costs $13 for a one-topping version and will be available until March 13th, 2022. Uh, beyond adding new menu items, the company has been busy changing up its look. Last month, Papa John's ditched its apostrophe and revealed a new logo as part of a broader change to shift away from any reference to its controversial founder and former CEO, John Schnatter. I think that's how you say, Sean Schnatter. Uh, and customers who visit Papa John's locations will also soon see an updated color palette inspired by the brand's ingredients such as green for basil, red for tomato, and white for dough. Updated locations will feature changes to the kitchen as well as an open floor plan and tweaks designed to make it easier to take orders out, including self-service checkout at pick-up counters. Pizza has been a big been a hit during the pandemic and Papa John's PZZA has benefited. The chain stock is more, up more than 50% for the year. So there's a lot of cool things that we can we can talk about here. Um, first, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, John Schnatter. So uh, let's let, let me say here, um, and, and I feel like this. So, I mean, I live in Nashville. I've met pretty, I met some big name musicians and stuff like that. And, you know, I've met them and just talked to them. A lot of times when you just sit and talk to someone, not even not recording or whatever, uh, you, you say, you hear that, uh, sounds like someone's mowing their lawn. Anyways, um, you sit down and sit with someone, what you hear, well, you know, um, when they're sitting, you know, if you're, if you're interviewing someone, obviously you're sitting down interviewing them, uh, they're going to act a certain way when you meet them in public or whatever, like you're an intern at a studio or whatever, they're going to just be act a certain way. A lot of times they're just trying to be nice, you know, just like, I don't know you, but I also don't want to come across as a dick. So I'm just going to say what I say and be, just be kind of friendly. Um, so like I said, I don't know Papa John Schnatter. We don't live too far away. He lives in uh, Louisville. Um, so, which is weird with Nashville and Louisville are not that far away. It's like a three hour drive. These two states are very weird. Um, so I know a lot of there's a lot of controversy, but I did follow kind of the H three stuff with him, and it's very interesting. Like, I mean, he obviously had press on his side talking about uh, about the ins and out of like the situation that happened or whatever. So uh, 
So, I mean, that was like, that was super interesting to me as well. Also, um, so yeah, no, he, I mean, I'm going to kind of sum it up trying to, uh, in my brain, uh, what was going on then is that like they tricked him into saying the N word or whatever from football. I guess like here's the, here's his side of the story, which I do want to give credit to at least, even if it is very like PR is going off the rails on this or whatever. Um, he said that like when, I guess when Colin Kaepernick and Papa John's was like the pizza of the NFL and I guess they were going down, he was like, Hey, we should fix this problem. Um, and I guess it came across as, Hey, Stop calling Kaepernick. And that's his side of the story. And then he got tricked into saying the N-word, and they were recording it, and they had a bug in the room. But not a lot of people have heard that original recording, so they don't know the context of how he said it. They just know he did. Yada, yada, yada. Stuff like that. So that's the story. So I'm somewhat like him innocent. If I think he's a good person, I don't know. I haven't met the guy. Um, I just heard of him. Uh, but it is very interesting. He does talk in those H3 uh, interviews about, like, the quality of the pizza dough, like, it, I mean, I'm a big pizza fan. Like I said, um, next time I go to New York, I, I know of a pizza tour and I am a hundred percent going on that pizza tour. I love pizza. Pizza is probably my favorite food. Um, I'll eat like, you know, a decent or I kind of go for like the okay. I had really shitty pizza. Like people were like, even a bad pizza is pretty good. I'm like, I've had a bad pizza and I'm telling you right now, and, it, and it's, I'll tell you right now, like a bad sauce, bad and okay cheese, okay pepperoni. I'm a big pepperoni guy is, you know, like bad cheese sauce, pepperoni. You can deal with that when the, the crust is bad. It's really bad. And he was on the podcast and he was like reviewing like all his standards for what he wants a Papa John pizza to be. And he's like, this, uh, this Papa John's, uh, I guess franchise is not doing good with their dough. I'm like, which is super interesting because the dough in a pizza is so hard to maintain in regards to like pizza and stuff like that. If you're really into pizza and you learn anything about pizza making, like I know a lot about pizza making. However, I don't, I'm not very good at it. It's like something, you know, you know, but you couldn't probably practice, you know, you just watch a lot of YouTube videos. That's mainly the whole point. Um, it's super interesting, like how there's like your dough, like, how long do you want to let it rise? Do you want to do like an instant yeast where like you in an hour you have a pizza? Do you want to like a long fermented rise like in the fridge or room temperature? The dough and pizza can be, it's so interesting like to get it good and, and stuff like that. So um, if you're in, if you're interested in that though, and that's why New York, New York people are like, New York is the only place that can make it a legit New York style pizza. Uh, because it's something about the New York tap water that makes the pizza taste so good. Um, that's kind of how you get it, which makes a little bit of sense. There is that slight variable that can make it stand out from other pizzas. But, you know, like I can get New York pizza style in Nashville and I know good places I can get pizza too. But I bet, I mean, I bet I can go to like one of the, the top ones in New York and be like, this is the best pizza pizza I've ever had. You know, stuff like that. I also follow a pizza chef, Lucali. I think this. The shop's called Lucali's. I think his name is, like, Mark or something like that. Um, but uh, I'd love to go there. That's where, like, Jay-Z and shit go, pe people go. Anyways, you can tell me with pizza, and that's a great thing. That's why I want to change uh, the term bender to meaning that food can be involved. Because that's the best part about getting drunk, is uh, eating a lot of food. Um, and also, uh, so, yeah. So, talking about New York style pizza, that's the weird thing. Here's the thing with that, uh... 
Papa John's because you hear Papa John, he actually knows a lot about pizza. And so if you're into pizza, he, it's very interesting to listen to him. Um, so they're switching to, they're wanting to go into New York style pizza. Now, I think Pizza Hut has tried New York style pizza. Um, Domino's has their own style and they call it like Brooklyn style because it's like kind of New York style, but it's not as good as not. As, it's not that good. It's like a, because New York style is a very thin, chewy, but not crispy. Crispy is more of a St. Louis style. I could probably go all day on my knowledge of pizza, mainly just because it's my favorite food. I will tell you right now, pizza is my favorite. It's hard to beat a pizza, and that's why a keto diet is so hard. Because um, you have to, like, do, like, figure out, like, your, how do I deal with not being able to eat pizza? And you're like, well, I'm going to melt cheese, get it hard, put sauce and cheese, more cheese and pepperoni on top. Uh, man, that's that's the hard thing about dieting is pizza for me. Um, but yeah, it's weird with Papa John's getting into the New York style because Papa John's has a unique style with their standard pizza. I think I think it's technically pan style, I want to say. And, you know, they have a, a signature crust. And one thing about the crust is you get that garlic butter sauce. And the garlic butter sauce is what is. This is like... If you're not fat, you're completely bored right now. If you are, if you have a tendency to do fat guy shit, you're like 100% intrigued with everything I'm saying right now. Uh, so, yeah, it's weird. I may have to try this pizza, um, but, you know, I feel like I can get a better New York slice in Nashville. That's better than this. Just going to be clear. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you folks. I feel like I can do better. Um, yeah, I'm trying somewhere in this room right now. I'd kind of jolly rig this green screen. <sighs> um, but yeah, no, I guess they're trying to, they need to release some things. Then you go be full, uh, full thing with the John Schnatter case, um, whatever. But I don't know if he's a good guy or not. Um, I know he donated some money to help people during the pandy, but I don't know. Let's open up another beer. Beer number four. I have another beer in Mexico. I don't know if that's how that song goes. It's like song, country song my dad listened to uh, when I was a kid that I don't remember as an adult. And a good pour. I'm just throwing the cans on the ground. I will clean it up later. I'm not that kind of guy. Um, anyways, let's move on to our next article. My God. So this is from LAD or Lad Bible. I don't know how you say it. Demi Lovato sings to ghosts to help them overcome trauma caused by sexism. Footage shows Demi Lovato singing to a ghost after it supposedly revealed it had experienced trauma caused by sexism. A performance that earned them a standing ovation. Lovato has been exploring their interest in supernatural life in recent docuseries unidentified with Demi Lovato. In one clip, we see Lovato joins their friend Matthew Scott and paranormal investigator Chris Smith to visit Vulture City, an old ghost town in Arizona, United States. According to Peacock TV, the trio came across a spirit that has past trauma with men. While in the abandoned brothel, having set up an EMF detector, a special device that lets out a noise whenever communication is made. 
Lovato asked the spirit known as Carmen, have you seen anything like ETs here or UFOs? Sorry, people. Initially, the machine left off a noise, but when Lovato asked Carmen if they are a star person, individuals believed to have originated from another world, dimension, or planet, it falls completely silent. As the two men leave the room, Lovato then says, did you not want to say anything else because the boys were <laughs> in here? Uh, the device then makes a noise, at which point Lovato continues, I think, oh, I get that a lot. She has trauma. That's why she doesn't like men. Lovato then tells Carmen, I have trauma too, so I feel you and I get it. Speaking from outside the room, the two men suggest Lovato sings to Carmen. Well, I always sing Skyscraper when I feel like singing something emotional. The singer explains before launching into a spontaneous rendition of the hit. As they finish the excerpt from the song, the machine makes a noise which the three take as a sign of standing ovation. That's the coolest standing ovation I've ever heard, ever had, Lovato says. The docuseries was released a couple months ago, but the clip has resurfaced on Reddit, where it soon went viral, racking up 10,800 upvotes. In a later interview, the face-to-face -face with Becky G, Lovato spoke about their experience at Vulture City, saying, We were originally setting out to search for UFOs and ETs, extraterrestrials, and then we came across the city called Vulture City. Vulture City is known for these ghosts that lived in an old old brothel and so we set up those machines EMF detectors and I decided to sing for them and they went off when I finished. Lovato believes the response on the EMF de detector was a sign of approval from the spiritual world. I've never had a standing ovation from ghosts but I'd like to think they were standing they added. <sighs> That's rough buddy. There's a lot going on here. I didn't watch this actual thing. I'm just reading the article from what I'm hearing. See, here's the thing. Here's, I'm not going to confirm or deny the existence of ghosts, okay? Um, from the guy who really likes Harry Potter, I'm not going to confirm or deny that shit. With that being said, though, TV is so manufactured to cause a reaction and shit like that. I... I, uh, I don't, I, I kind of feel like this is bullshit, okay? Um, you know, and I don't want to talk badly on uh, anyone who's caught, been through assault or whatever, but I'm going to be honest, though. If I was a ghost, the last thing I'd want is a, a concert from Demi Lovato. Honestly, that's, I mean... I'm going to be honest, though, because I'd have to walk on eggshells, which is a song by me, wherever you stream your music. Um, whenever I talk about anything about uh, you have trauma, past trauma from men and shit like that, I'm, I'm walking on eggshells uh, in regards to that. But I'm going to be honest, though. If I was a ghost, I wouldn't want to hear Demi Lovato. Okay? I like a couple of her songs. Sorry Not Sorry is like, if I need a confidence boost, I listen to that. I'm saying she's not... She's not a she anymore. I gotta remember, they're they them. Um, and I can't, I don't want to comment on that either. Mm, okay, so uh, I don't, um, where do I go from here? Um, yeah, all I can say is if I'm a ghost, I'm not going to be asking for Demi Lovato to sing. Um, I'd be asking for Demi Lovato to stop. Um, uh, because if they were a real ghost, what would happen is Demi Lovato singing 
would cause more of a haunting than anything else. So uh, that's the situation I think the situation's in. But who knows? I'm I'm just a man. I'm just a kid, and life is a nightmare. I'm probably gonna be done talking about that. <clears throat> oh, we're here. This one's from Vice. I've been really interested in this shit. Uh, why are people tweeting that Nancy Reagan was the throat goat? Thank you, Vice. I logged off Twitter for a couple of healthy hours on Friday. By the time I opened the app on Saturday, my timeline was full of words I did not understand. Nancy Reagan, throat goat. Nancy got that gawk gawk 3000. I had clearly missed some crucial breaking news. A classic Friday news dump that spawned memes all weekend. Former First Lady Nancy Reagan allegedly gave the greatest blowjobs in Hollywood back in her acting days. And she gave a lot of them, allegedly. The catalyst for the cursed information, I am told by colleagues who swiftly caught me up on this important news, was a tweet from a modest lifestyle influencer and conservative podcaster, Ben Shapiro's sister, Abigail Shapiro, who has various social media channels called Classically Abby. Shapiro tweeted a photo of Madonna reclining on a bed with one boob out, and the Reagan family gathered for a wholesome photo where Nancy stands in the middle dressed like a Where's Waldo Grandma cosplay. This is Madonna at 63. This is Nancy Reagan at 64. Trashy living versus classic living. Which version of yourself do you want to be? This is all to say that lots of different types of people enjoy sex, possibly have a lot of it, and might even be good at it, regardless how they dress or their general public image. Motherboard has been unable to verify these stories, but this set off an entire weekend of memes, videos, jokes, tweets, etc. about Nancy Reagan allegedly being very good at giving blowjobs. The result of Abby's observation and the subsequent revelation that allegedly the former first lady's head game went crazy resulted in some of the best jokes this terrible little app has seen in a very long time. The memes livestock have moved quickly to the school... School Marms of Twitter takes TV writer Nell Scovell tweeted and then deleted on behalf of schools everywhere. If you're laughing about Nancy Reagan having skills at sex, please remember this is this is it's a classic high school move. There's nothing wrong with being really good at blowjobs, but it's not hard to imagine that the story, whether it's true or not, was initially shared and passed on the intention of hurting and humiliating Nancy Reagan. But I haven't seen anyone in to do that now. The story's been revived on Twitter, being wildly good at hitting that little dangly thing that's swinging in the back of her throat, as Cardi B might say, uh. is a real skill. But one could make the argument that it is, in fact, good and fun to shame a Reagan for her hypocrisy, considering that administration's contribution contributions to the sex-negative world we live in today, including the disastrous, harmful war on drugs and the war on porn. The 1986 Messe mes, Report, uh, commissioned by Ronald Reagan, for the political war on pornography by claiming that porn was linked to violence against women. The report has been widely discredited. Nancy herself had a lot of disdain for the women liberation movement of the 1980s. She reportedly called the movement silly women livers, hated that the whole, that the whore, that they wore hot pants and felt that women would succeed in life if they behaved and appeared feminine. She believed that women were happiest in the home, raising children and caring for a man. She also hated poor people and people with AIDS caring for a man. She also hated poor people and people with AIDS. 
famously refused to help a friend who was dying of the disease. Uh, Reagan also repeatedly attacked porn. Pornography? Yes, pornography. What is there to see? She quoted as saying during one of the Q&A sessions she sometimes held about women's issues. How curious can you be? Unless, of course, you're interested in becoming a voyeur, which I'm not appalled and ashamed of the motion picture industry today. Movies are attempting to destroy something that's supposed to be the most beautiful thing a man and a woman can have by making it cheap and common. It's what you don't see that's attractive. What they're showing is animals. Apparently, what happened behind the scenes on the MGM lot was fine as long as a porn director didn't show up. So, this this story is just funny to me. Um, mainly because anytime a Shapiro gets thrown under the mud, uh, life is better for the entire world. With that being said, though, uh, I'm very... Uh, I, we should not be shaming, we should shame Nancy Reagan for being a hypocrite, but we should not be shaming her for her blowjob abilities. Um, because, like I said, girls who give fantastic blowjobs, we should not be calling them sluts. We should be calling them cool. Because those are cool, 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 cool people. And uh, don't be uh, stingy. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. In regards to that, because that is kind of a shitty thing you could be doing right now, is telling a woman that she shouldn't be giving blowjobs. Women should. Call her a hypocrite, because she was a, shit, she did, she was a shitty person when she was in... Uh, her husband, I guess, was in office. Ronald Reagan. Whatever that fucking shit is. Anyways, though, here's a question for everyone. Would you like a blowjob from Nancy Reagan? I don't care how old she is. I'll take that shit. She's the best. She's the best. Uh, the throat goat is the throat goat, and we got to respect that game. Anyways, though, um, let's go over to the last article of the day. Brain surgeons and rocket scientists know better than the rest of us, study finds from The Guardian. It may not be rocket science, but researchers have found aerospace engineers and brain surgeons are not necessarily brighter than the general population. Researchers examined data from an international cohort of 329 aerospace engineers and 72 neurosurgeons who completed 12 tasks online using the Great British Intelligence Test uh, from the Cognitron platform, as well as answering questions around their age, sex, and levels and experience in their speciality. I said that word right. Okay. The task examined various aspects of cognition, including planning and reasoning, working memory, attention, and emotional processing abilities. The researchers then compared the results against those previously gathered from more than 18,000 members of the British public. Uh, the findings, which were published in the festive edition of the BMJ, revealed that only neurosurgeons showed a significant difference with quicker problem-solving speed, but lower memory recall compared with the general population. The difference in problem-solving speed exhibited in neurosurgeons might arise from the fast-paced nature of neurosurgery, which attracts those with a pre-existing flair for rapid processing, or it could be albite less likely a product of training for rapid decision-making in time-critical situations. The researcher noted, the researcher said the study was in part carried out to lay to rest the question of whether one of the professions had the intellectual upper hand, attention made famous by the Mitchell and Webb sketch, in which a swaggering neurosurgeon is slapped down by an aerospace expert who says, brain surgery is not exactly rocket science, is it? Um, did I lose my place? Oh yeah, no, I found it. 
However, the team found differences between the cognitive abilities of aerospace engineers and neuroscientists, although the results suggest the former had higher scores for attention and mental manipulation, such as rotating objects in one hand, while neurosurgeons showed higher scores in semantic problem-solving, such as definitions of rare words. Essentially, what we think it shows is that everyone has a range of skills. Some popular people are better at some things, and other people are better at other things. And it's very difficult to be better in everything across the board. And Aswin Chari, a neurosurgical trainee at Great Ormond Street Hospital and an author of the study. Referencing the two professions in the study, Chari uh, added, It is not that they are better at everything. They are better at certain things that make them good at what they do. It may therefore be best to ditch rocket science and brain-searching idioms for phrases like it walks, it's a walk in the park, added the researcher. It is also possible that other professions might deserve to be on pedestals in future work should aim to determine the most deserving group, they said. This is very funny. I thought the title was funny, but it's also very interesting. Like, just because, like, you're a rocket scientist or, like, a neurosurgeon doesn't mean you're a genius. It just means you're very skilled at one particular thing. Now, I'm, you know, I'm the smartest person everyone knows, but I act like an idiot all the time. I think this specific example is Jimmy Neutron. Um, Jimmy Neutron, boy genius, uh, does a lot of stupid shit. And it's a really fun show to watch. It's something you should all watch. But that being said, though, he does a lot of stupid shit on the show. So, I like to think of these people as... And we're all Jimmy Neutrons. We're very smart in something. But we're also idiots. And, uh... That's all I really have to say on that. Well, I think. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Have you ever been hungry? I have. But did you know 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten? And $218 billion in food is thrown away every year. When you're hungry, that information will turn you into a Kyle and punch a hole in the wall. But do not fear, my friends. Today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to save the day. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In, mo in moments, I'm stingy with my diet. I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here is the best part. When you sign up using the link in our description, you can get an $80 credit. Holy shit. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today, help stop food waste, and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. Are you a fat piece of shit who needs to get their life together? Do you want to look like me, the pinnacle of health and nutrition? Well, to be just like me, the greatest athlete of all time, you're going to need health supplements to get the most out of your workout, lose some extra weight, and work towards a healthy lifestyle. That's where today's sponsor, FNX Fitness, is your new hero. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon to water of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show.
Okay, so it's time to continue our annual Christmas movie review. Uh, you know, this is our penultimate episode before Christmas, and uh, I decided to pick a typically a, a kind of a Hanukkah movie uh, to choose from uh, for this uh, for this one. So I chose Eight Crazy Nights, a Adam Sandler film that in two thousand two, when it came out, I thought was the most hilarious shit ever. Now, 2002, I would have been nine. Um, I could have watched it when I was ten. Um, for the sake of I lived in Missouri. I saw it in Missouri, but I lived in Kansas at this point. Uh, also on Pier 5, for those of you keeping track. Um, so, and I wonder, like, it was funny because I was... I was thinking about doing a Muppet Christmas Carol, but I was like, I like that movie. And uh, I don't have many stories besides the fact that it's probably the best interpretation of A Christmas Carol. So I decided to go with uh, Eight Crazy Nights, an Adam Sandler movie. Now, this is not Christmas at all. I just remember as a kid watching this and thinking it was so funny because there was like, that's a technical foul. A song in it, and I thought that was funny, and there was just so many, like, fart joke humor, I would say. Adam Sandler humor, if we're gonna be honest with it. it is This movie is just Adam Sandler humor from 2002, and you can probably guess uh, what type of humor that is. That's rough, buddy. So, so yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do this for you, folks. I do this all for you. Now, I've... Last week I watched The Polar Express, and that was painful to watch. And I'm not going to say this one was easy to watch, but it was way easier than The Polar Express. I fucking hate that movie, The Polar Express. But Eight Crazy Nights, um, was that, luckily enough, it was barely over an hour, so it was pretty easy to watch on my end, I guess. Um, when I first watched this movie, I, I was with my cousins, I guess. We were watching this, and that's when we initially watched it the first time. I guess my mom was not fully aware of the movie I was watching, so I watched that. But I think I eventually wanted it for Christmas, and my mom was like, no. Because I think my mom kind of figured out what this movie was about, and she was like, "Where I'm not, you're not getting this movie. And I'm like, well, I guess, uh, guess I'm not getting this movie. It was, my mom didn't like, she didn't like Pee Wee Herman or Pee Wee's Playhouse either. She didn't like Rugrats. I mean, we watched it anyways, me and my brother. But uh, anyways, though, and yeah, I guess it wasn't Christian enough. And now look at us now. Look at us now. Uh, Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. So, um, yeah, I remember watching with my cousins and I thought the jokes were funny in 2002. And, uh, you know, when you're 10 years old, um, not everything you think is funny should be should be should be going forward with that, you know. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I ended up watching this movie. My mom hates it, but, you know, I want to say, I just want to say at the top of this, when I was a child, I thought this movie was the funniest shit that had ever existed in the entire world. And uh, now I'm an adult, and it makes me cringe that I used to be into that shit. And, uh, yeah. But I think, isn't adulthood just finding things you used to do cringy? Uh, that's why... I, I guess our parents were like, it's not, it's just a phase. It's not a phase, mom. Because they were hoping it was just a phase. But now I'm still emo, I guess. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess not. Um, my mom wouldn't let me, my aunt get it for me for Christmas. 
Uh, but I remember one year she was like, made my aunt be like, you have, I want you to get him Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and we never watched it. And I have that, that DVD is somewhere, maybe in uh, the Schwegler ecosystem, but I'm not fully sure. But uh, I do know, but I do know I still quote, that's a technical foul, that song, um, to this day, and no one gets that joke, like my Bad News Bear joke. When the fat kids is on the fat kid is on the Adkins diet and he's like, I can eat as many hot dogs as I want, no buns. And uh, he, he does. He just eats a lot of hot dogs and boneless. Um, well, it looks like someone likes me on Bumble. Probably don't like them back. That's the type of guy I'm get. You are, and this is the type of guy you get. Because only only certain women can. Let's go full throttle. Or some women can feel like a woman, a real woman. So uh, yeah. Um, what else do I have to say on that? So, yeah, I use technical... That's a technical foul. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's all my, like, backstory to it. It's just a movie I thought was hilarious as a kid, and now I cringe at. So, uh, going forward... Oh, I also want to say, uh, the IMDb rating of this movie is, uh, 5.3 out of 10. So, um, if you did not know anything about this movie, I'm going to tell you now, you don't need to watch it. I'm going to tell you everything that happens and, uh, hope you enjoy it. And, uh, uh, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Okay. So let's just get, just get into the movie. Uh, beer number five. Here's to feeling good all the time. <sighs> Felt good. All right. So we're introduced to our main character, Davy Stone, who is played by Adam Sandler and is looking a lot like Adam Sandler. So if you didn't know, this is Adam Sandler. Okay. So, um, so we start the movie off like he eats like a ton of food at a Chinese restaurant and then tries to dine and dash. And he's also drunk at the time. Like, he's trying to get into his car to drive home. Cops will buy, and he's like, Davey, hope you're not planning on driving home. And he's like, oh, no, officers, I'm going to walk out. But then the Chinese restaurant owner is like, how are you playing with no pay bill? It's played by Rob Schneider, playing a Chinese person. So, you know, it's aged. This movie's aged really well when Rob Schneider is doing a uh, Rob Schneider, known for being an anti-vaxxer, is uh, playing an Asian old man who is also crazy throughout this whole fucking movie. Um, so apparently he's only chasing the cops and instead of driving, obviously, which is a good choice, don't don't drink and drive, folks. Lesson this movie. Uh, he uh, hops on a trash can lid and, like, snowboards using the trash can lid. Uh, he's singing a song. By the way, this is a musical, FYI. Um, so I forgot that it was a musical until... Also, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's where that's a technical foul. Um, we have to also make, yeah, did, did I mention he's a point they made him? He's 33. I'm like, ooh, that's way too close to my age. And uh, so basically, he eventually snowboards away, but then eventually he gets caught, obviously, um, by the cops because uh, he was snowboarding on a trash can lid, which that can only get you so far, as far as I'm aware. Uh, in how the world works. That is how the world works. Um, so he goes to court. And uh, so apparently the court's like, apparently we got a, this guy's just been a dick to everyone in this entire town uh, forever. 
Like, and everyone's just like, ah, oh, that's the town dick. I'm like, isn't there a town drunk, not a town dick? Now, I could be a perfect town drunk. But also, I'm a great drunk, as some of you may have known me. I'm a great drunk. Uh, worst case scenario, I fall asleep in places I shouldn't fall asleep in. And I kind of I kinda wish I could let everyone know, hey, if it looks like I just passed out, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Just check for a pulse, maybe. Um, so, yeah, and uh, I guess this court wants to gonna send him to jail, but I guess this old man named Whitey, who is his whole... I, he's a referee, a professional unpaid referee in this town, which I think I wrote the town's name in, but we haven't gotten to that point yet, so... I did not know the town name yet. Um, and so Whitey, also played by uh, Adam Sandler, uh, which is a bad thing, which we will soon learn later as we get into this movie. Uh, he's like, I'm going to take him under my wing and make him a better person. If he does anything wrong, I'll let you know. And uh, then he can go to jail. You know, so I was like, OK, I guess he has this last chance to make something of his life, which is very weird uh, considering, uh, this person just seems like he had some trauma in his past, which we will get into. The movie does explain that. I was thinking, like, will this movie explain his trauma? And I was like, maybe, I don't know. <sighs> Anyways, though, so, so yeah, I guess, uh, so he's gonna, like, help, Dave's gonna be, like, a referee with him. And also with Whitey, I guess he has one foot that's really small and one foot that's really large, so he walks very weirdly. Um, uh, and so I guess he's going to teach Davey how to be a referee for basketball because Davey, by the way, loves basketball, just like Adam Sandler. Coincidence? I don't think so. Mystery? Maybe. Hotel? Trivago. And so Davey is going to be a referee, and he uh, fouls a kid... A fat kid, the fat kid playing basketball, uh, for eating everything in sight and needing to wear a bra on court. Now, um, I'm against, you know, I've watched enough episodes of My 600 Pound Life to know that you shouldn't be fat, but also, um, this was not an appropriate time to fat shame one. You should fat shame people, but there is an appropriate time when you fat shame someone. This was not an appropriate time, as I will say, and we go forward knowing that this is not an appropriate time to fat shame someone, uh, and so, um, oh yeah, and I also thought that was hilarious as a kid, just like a guy wearing a bra, I don't know why women's underwear was so funny to me as a child, it's like, ooh, it's so scandalous, it was kind of one of those things, okay, I can't be the only one who thinks this when I think about this, but, like, when you were a kid, you were so interesting, especially in your school, knowing what the girl's bathroom looked like, but now you're an adult and you don't give a shit what a girl's bathroom looks like. Like, it's just probably just a bunch of toilets and shit like that. When you're a kid, you're so interested in that mystery. I don't understand why that's the case. And uh, maybe never will. That's uh, mainly... Uh, this is the type of guy you get. So, um, anyways... Let's go full throttle. Um, so, yeah, basically he just does that. So, Whitey's like, this isn't inappropriate to do. I'm like, no shit, Whitey. Uh, so, Whitey takes Davey to the mall, his favorite place in the world. 
a mall. Uh, and then also they have like this cutscene of the the, the the same kid trying on a bra. So they're they're trying to make a meta joke here, and I'm just like, okay, I would have thought this was funny in uh, 2002 or 2003. I may have saw it in 2003, let's be honest. Um, and, uh, yeah, I probably thought that was funny. And now I'm like, that's... Fat people don't wear bras. Even, like, the women, fat fat women don't wear bras. Like, there's a point... Okay, we know the type of fat women who don't wear bras. We all know. Like, when they're so fat, their boobs are so big, and they don't make bras that size. Um, we know that type. I'm not... I'm not trying to fool anyone here. So, um, the mall, they're eating shit and whatever, and, uh, we then meet Jennifer and her son, Benjamin. Um, now those sound like white Christian names, but turns out they're also Jewish, just like Davey, and, uh, Benjamin got a Game Boy Advanced for Hanukkah. Now, they did, you know, the artwork in this film, I'm not gonna say it's no, I'm gonna say it's a eight out of ten. Like, and like they really did the Game Boy Advance. But I also want to know about like the marketing that allowed them to put the Game Boy Advance in there. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I always thought that was interesting. And I'm like, sign of the times. And the Game Boy Advance was probably one of the best. Game Boy Advance in the original DS, not the gray one, but I think the DS Lite. The the DS. Let's just go with DS. You can have a DSi. I don't give a fuck. Um. Game Boy Advance and the DS are some of the best systems that have uh, ever existed. And I think that's just fun. And uh, it's weird nowadays when I want to like stream over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash theshweezy, I want to play a Game Boy Advance game, it's like I have to do an emulator, and I can't like play it in my hand like this, and like shitty lighting and all that shit. Um, so, uh, what was I getting to? And uh, eventually... Uh, Davey remembers Jennifer from his childhood. It was a childhood friend slash romantic interest. Uh, and, uh, now Jennifer doesn't like him because he's a complete, complete dick. And he wasn't always a complete dick. And we will get into that later. And, uh, yeah, when I keep, oh yeah, and he had like dreams and aspirations. He loved basketball and shit like that. Davey used to be a good person, but, uh, there's some trauma there that he needs to figure out. Um... Oh, yeah, and then we get a stupid song about Whitey wanting to win some, like, all-star award, which is, like, just to be... He just wants to be honored for being a referee uh, for, like, 35 years or whatever the fuck he does. It's small-town shit. Now, I know some of you think this is stupid small-town shit, but, like, when your whole existence revolves around a middle-of-nowhere-nothing-fucking-town, uh, yeah... That is uh, the case. You, stupid fucking awards like that. And uh, I know you're thinking, Shweezy, are you making fun of this guy? No. Let me let me go here. I This is the Duke Ellington Award I won in high school. I've kept this on my desk since I've won it in every sense of the word. And uh, I like it. I mean, it's a quality, I mean, it's a quality little statue here thing. Louis Armstrong Jazz Award. I won this in high school my senior year. So, uh... For those of you who think I'm fucking around, and uh, you just found out. I think that's here, too. Um, where was I in my notes? And so, oh, also, yeah, eventually eventually he he was going to drop off Davey at his house. And then Davey's like, well, good. And he kicked him out. Good thing I'm already here. And then he gets, Whitey gets stuck in the snow. 
and Davy's not going to help him out because I guess they had an argument because uh, Davy's a little bitch. Um, and then Deer come out and help Whitey out from the pain. Now, this is a common thing in this movie that Dave, that Whitey and Deer are common friends. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's a, then, like you can talk to Deer, apparently. Um, that's just the lore of this film, this cinematography, the lore of this film is that he can talk to Deer or whatever. Oh, and then they go to this other scene. So they explain that, like, Whitey, you know, he obviously doesn't get paid for being a referee because he's volunteering. And uh, so he has to do odd jobs, and so construction workers, and everyone in this town just takes advantage of this guy. And uh, so eventually they do this thing. He's like, hey, can you clean out the porta potties? And he's like, well, sure thing. Well, I can't do the voice. I'm not going to even try to do the voice right now. But Whitey's like, okay, I'll go ahead and clean the porta potties. Uh, but good thing Davy's there throwing up. And then Whitey's like, well, you know, you drink too much. Hangover is God's cure, whatever fucking shit he says. And then um, this is the fucking scene in this movie that... St- I don't know why I thought this movie was funny, but nowadays this this scene itself makes me cringe like no other. So Davy, uh, he's going to the porta potty. Davy pushes the porta potty down a hill. So now he's covered in shit. And then Davy's like, let me clean you off. And then he sprays him with a hose and he's frozen over. Not sure how that works. And then, uh, and then of course, Whitey can talk to deer and they lick off all the ice and shit and stuff like that. Fucking disgusting. And, uh, get him clean. So, uh, then I guess they try to make a, a redemption for Davy. And so I guess they, I guess, Whitey is too nice to Davy, and, like, they're just hanging out at the gym or whatever, and he's like, well, you know, you gotta hang out, and then these two guys in the, no, it's Davy, uh, Whitey, and Benjamin are both there, all there, you know, because I guess Whitey is watching Davy because his mom had to work and whatever, because she's a divorcee, and the father dipped out on them. Too bad Davy could be the love interest. Uh, we'll learn that in a bit. <sighs> and then, um, so they end up playing basketball with these two guys who are just pissed, and uh, they're like, a loser has to eat this really fat guy's jock strap. I'm like, you know, I'm all for fat shaming because some people, you're like, fat is healthy. I'm like, no, it's not. There's there's a certain point, but also, like, all bodies are different. Don't make fun of, I'm in that weird, I'm in that weird middle ground where it's like, Fat shame people so they lose weight, but also don't make fun of people's bodies. So it's just like cheap fat jokes. Like, you got to eat that guy's jock strap. I'm like, okay. So they play, and then Whitey gets just the ball chalked in his face. But Davey's just this all-star, like apparently Adam Sandler is in the real world. And uh, he just gets chucked in the fucking face. Like, they take the ball, and they just fucking throw it in his face, basically. Like, people just keep picking on Whitey. Um... Oh, yeah, and at that point was when I realized, I'm like, oh, um, Whitey, Whitey is mentally disabled, or as you would say, as uh, Republicans would say, the new R-word, um, the old R-word, they would call him that. Um, and, you know, I, I say the joke, Republicans are the new R-word, but also, you know, actually people who are mentally disabled, it's like... 
it's not actually that funny to make jokes about those people. Let's be honest. It's not actually that funny. Um, and that that's when I learned Whitey was mentally disabled in this film. Like, oh, now these jokes are no longer funny. And so they switch Whitey out with Benjamin and Davey, like, teaches Benjamin how to play basketball. And now Benjamin's really good at basketball. They end up winning. And uh, Jennifer, uh, Benjamin's mom, sees him. He's like, wow, I'm really impressed with Davey. And then, oh, and then, like, he's like, and then he's like, oh, all right, Benjamin, tell him what I told you to say. And he's like, eat a jockstrap, bitch. And Jennifer's like, oh, cuss words. Don't teach my son cuss words. And uh, then uh, bad things happened. Uh, and then they sing a gay little song. And I know you're not supposed to say gay, but this was a gay little song about Davey used to be a good guy until he discovered alcohol. And then he turned into a dick. And uh, in my notes, I wrote, I hope they tell the story about why he's a dick or some backstory, which we do get into. But at that moment when I was watching the film, rewatching it or whatever, I was curious about it. Oh, yeah. And then they put in this song like a joke about a guy's like, oh, my wife used to be a man, but now she's a woman. And I'm like, man. And it's like, I'm, and it's like, you know. When you meet like a trans woman or a trans man, they work so hard on their appearance to try to pass as the gender they want to be identified as. You know, and I just feel like, I don't know, that that's my thing. When, you know, I don't have any problem with trans people. I'm not a fucking turf like J.K. Rowling. But when, when you make a joke about it, it's like, oh, my wife used to be a man, and it, it's clearly just a man in like a wig. Or, like, dressed like a woman. And they're not putting in the effort to being a woman. Like, actual trans people put in the effort to be the gender they want to be identified as. And the gender they feel inside, the gender they identify as. And that's the shit that annoys me. Like, I'm not trying to be super woke or whatever. But, like, at least understand fucking what... But it was also 2002, so I don't know what I'm going to crane about. But, like, actual trans people... I mean, at least try and work towards attempting to be the gender they identify as or whatever. So it's, I mean, oh my gosh, the the trans jokes in this movie did not age well and are just fucking stupid. And, uh, and I'm not trying to be like the woke guy, but like, they're just bad jokes in general. Oh yeah. And so the guy who Davey played in basketball ended up burning down his trailer. He lived in, he lived in a trailer because he's a fucking loser. And so he has to end up staying with a little old whitey there. And that's when the infamous, that's a technical foul with his sister, Eleanor, which I think when I was a kid, I thought they were married, but which looks like they're married. Sometimes, you know, in cartoons, they're like the wife and the husband look exactly the same. And that's why incest porn is so prominent now because of those cartoons. Um, So that's a technical foul. If you, if you drink a lot of beer and try to go and smear that's a technical foul i can't remember how the song goes but i'm like that's a technical foul i do that all the time so um eventually you know they do that but then davy actually ends up liking them and respecting them and he it seems like he's becoming a better person so they go to like an ice skating rink outside that's outside i'm like is it over a lake or something i don't know i'm i i lived in kansas I lived in Missouri. I currently live in Tennessee. Um, Outdoor skating rinks, ice skating rinks, don't exist where I live. Um, 
and like you know he's like warming up to Whitey and Eleanor or whatever, and uh, the ice skating rink, you know, yeah, like the outside. I don't know. That just um, it just might be from where I live. I'm I'm probably just being a culture uh, product of where I live, and like even Davey's like putting in his vote for Whitey for uh, to win the All Star patch or whatever the bullshit is. Um, and also Whitey is a savant at ice skating. Now I know the mentally disabled guy that they've been making jokes with all movie now can skate, which makes you think of Rain Man. And now he's a savant. I just don't get that joke. Um, there might be a joke in there, but then I guess they, he told once Whitey got back to Eleanor, they told the story about when Davey just did a really good job at a basketball game and then he found out his parents died, and that's when he had to go to foster care, and that's when he became a complete asshole. So we finally learned backstory of why this guy is a complete asshole. It's from his parents dying. It's childhood trauma, and he probably should have just saw a therapist, but uh, it was 2002. A therapist didn't exist until 2010, and uh, that's how I assume it. And if you went to a therapist, you were... Because in 2010, it was, that was when... Uh, they started making it okay to go to therapists and stuff like that. And so we learned... Oh, and that was the first day of Hanukkah, too. So that's why we learned Davey was an asshole, uh, hates the holidays, because it was the first day of Hanukkah, and he's Jewish. And so they eventually be like, Davey's basically like, fuck you, and everyone, and they're like, you're not welcome in our home anymore. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Um, so now we get to the final act. Uh, Whitey and Eleanor getting ready for the banquet... Uh, and then Davey breaks in the mall because he's drunk on an acid trip, so he used to feeling good all the time. And so he's basically like, Benny basically has like an acid trip from all these mall mascots. Uh, that's uh, Foot Locker, GNC supplement bottles, not as good as the FNX supplements that you can get yeah, using our link in the description. A Panda Express Panda and coffee bean coffee. It was like a coffee cup or whatever. And then just some red dress from some Victoria's Secret bullshit. And they give him like some pep talk in song because it's the final day of Hanukkah. And he opens up this card he got from his parents the day they died or whatever about how they love him and shit like that. Uh, but then the cops show up because he broke into the mall. He's like, you're going to jail, Davey. And he breaks away and gets away and he's getting ready to get on a bus towards New York where the Jew Mecca as I assume. But as he's trying to make a clean getaway, he see the bus blows like a th one thumbtack pops eight tires. Okay. They could have been like, well, there's a couple thumbtacks on the road. I guess they pop some of our back tires. They could have done that, but no, one single. Okay. Some bullshit. So Dave's like, well, I'll be back in 30 minutes. I got to apologize to Whitey. So he tries to go and apologize to Whitey. But he already left, but he sings another gay little song. Sorry for the gay community, but it was a gay little song about how Whitey deserved this award. Because Whitey didn't win the award. Because no one likes Whitey because of the implications. Not those implications, but you know what the implications I'm talking about. So he sings another gay little song about how Dave, how Whitey deserved the award. And like, you can arrest me, but uh, yeah. And then they bring up this woman who has three boobs. Like, this is supposed to be a funny joke, which I probably did think was funny in 2002 slash 2003, but nowadays I'm like, why is a woman having three boobs a joke? Like, why is this a joke? This is not funny, Adam Sandler. Um, 
How, Adam Sandler, how did you make so many great classics to making complete, utter bullshit? Um, and so, the, you know, it's very Jewish and whatever. Um, and uh, so, eventually, because Whitey was upset he w- lost the award. So, we had to go to his favorite place in the world, the mall. And he's like, I haven't been here in four hours. So, uh, yeah, and then the whole crew comes to the mall be like, Whitey, you deserve the award. And, like, he wins the 35, and the other 34 winners are there as well, and they give him their patches, and it's all happy ending. And they're like, well, Davey, you and uh, Jennifer better hook up, and shit like that, (coughs) and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, that's how this movie ends. So, now that we've gone over the movie, what were the lessons of this movie? Um, uh, One thing I learned is Hanukkah is eight days, even though there's some Jews in the family. Uh... I mean, I already knew Hanukkah was eight days. That's not something, anything I learned. Um, Adam Sandler has not been making good movies for over 20 years. So that's interesting. I was like, Adam Sandler's a good actor. Uncut Gems. I'm like, well, that's one movie. Um, I I believe, because we're going to go with an artist, and you're like, okay, let's put all their songs in there or whatever. Okay, yeah, Adam Sandler's not good. He's made a lot of shit movies, and he needs to be remembered. When he dies, he needs to be remembered for making a ton of shit movies. Like, he had some good ones, but he has to be remembered for the shit ones. We have to remember he made a ton of shit, too. Um, and he wanted he wanted to make a movie about how he was great at basketball. Apparently, he is good at basketball. I don't know. He seems too old to be playing. He could injure himself really badly if he plays a pickup game. I don't know. And uh, another lesson I learned, a 2002 comedy did not age well to 2021. Now, this movie is almost 20 years old. This movie sucks. And, uh... I think the final lesson, don't be a dick to the mentally disabled. Um, It's not a funny joke, and uh, I don't think it's a funny joke, and I don't think you're funny either. So, uh, yeah. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. You wouldn't download a car, so why should these random websites get your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private, while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy, Privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for an any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. Uh, you can just cancel at any time, uh, and that way you're not getting charged every month and you're not forgetting about that ongoing subscription. But wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend Anywhere, that's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Do you ever just casually solve world hunger and think, I wish I could get alcohol delivered to me? Well, lucky for you, today's sponsor, Drizzly, is here to the rescue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our links in the description today, you can save $5 off your 
purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So as the smartest person all of you know, I think it's time that I solve all of your problems. I mean, people around the world have problems all the time, and honestly, I think I'm the only person who is able to stop all of them. If most of you know, I think, let me count what beer I'm on. One, two, three, four. I'm on beer eight. Um, for some of you, you would have died if beer eight, but not me. I'm built different, and uh, maybe you should think about me differently that way. So, okay, let's just get into the questions, uh, as Phil DeFranco would say. Let's just jump into it. Um, oh my god, we have to deal with this fucking shit. What's God's deal? I'm not religious at all, really. I base my beliefs and values around philosophy rather than faith. However, a little part of me is open to the idea of there being a creator or God that started it all. With that being said, I started asking some questions about the Christian faith and their version of God, specifically since it is the faith that I have a problem with the most. So my question is, why did the Christian God create the universe? What was his motive? This is purely just a post looking for info. If anyone has input from other religions' viewpoints, by all means, do tell. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know, I grew up on the Christian spectrum. Um, if those of you who don't, like, I know you think, like, oh, you probably grew up in church and didn't go. I'm like, no, I was full throttle into that shit. Let's go full throttle. Like, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I didn't stop going to church till 2017. And uh, I have a belief that if you uh, are a uh, Christian, that... Uh, you should have stopped going to church once Donald Trump got elected as president. Um, but I stayed a little bit longer. They were like, gay people are welcome. But now I'm like, it doesn't matter if they're affirming or not. Um, I'm just not interested in going to church at all. But if a church is like, you should come. You should be going to church. I'll be like, do you accept gay people? And then they'll give some bullshit and be like, that's why I'm not interested in your bullshit. Um, so I guess, no. So this is a really good question. Now, I have a lot of good friends, and I'll tell you, a lot of good friends who I agree and disagree with who could give you the perfect answer in their, at least in their mind, of what this answer is. Um, but I guess you're asking, what is God's deal? Like, why did he do this? And uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to go into my mind, if like, and I guess I better give a little bit more background for the non-people who know me. Um, I mean, I grew up, going to church. My dad's an elder at a church and he still is. Um, you know, I have a gay brother. And so I've always kind of thought about like, you know, I kind of, there's always a part of me with like Christianity and, uh, being gay and shit like that. That was always like a concern for me. I was like, well, if God is good, he wouldn't just let someone who just is attracted to their same gender go to hell. It was weird, so then I was like, okay, accepting, and then I'm like, oh, churches are cults, and shit like that. So, um, 
your I guess your question is why did God create the universe? Um, that is such a deep question that is so hard. Like, I guess I'll say I guess where I'm at in my beliefs, I would say that um, I would never say I'm an atheist just because the athe the idea of being an atheist is like there is no God, and I guess my contradiction would be like prove it. You know, and I guess the atheists are like, prove God exists. But then also, I would say to an atheist, like, prove God doesn't exist. Because it's the same thing. Like, you don't know everything about the fucking universe. No one knows. So, I would say everyone at least needs to be agnostic and be like, well, I don't believe in a God. But there could be a God. I don't fucking know. That's where I say, like, that's where I get annoyed with atheists. Because they're like, no God exists. I'm like, you don't know that shit. You don't know if a God doesn't exist. I don't know. Like, you watch Marvel movies and Thor exists and people thought Thor was God. Then Thor's like, well, God, with the lowercase g, we just know how to do some things. Um, why did God create the universe? What was his motives? That's that's a good question. I guess mainly uh, I'm going off with the knowledge I know from going to church for forever um, that uh, God wanted to create man in his own image and then... I don't know. I believe that the whole book of Genesis is folklore. And this idea of, like, man was good, but we fell from temptation and shit like that. It's just so weird. Why God created the universe? And, like, the answer is he wanted to create man and woman in his own image. And I'm like, well, that sounds selfish, and there's a lot of holes in that thing. But, and, and I don't know. The idea... I think I, I should probably not go on a whole fucking tangent about this, but uh, I don't know. When I think about the creation story, I think it of it as a, like, sort of like a, as a parable type of situation. Like, if, if you are a Christian, you believe Jesus is the Son of God, he told a fuck ton of parables, and it's this idea that, okay, this story may not be true, this may not be a fully accurate true story however there's a lesson involved with this so people are like i mean i guess right now people are like did moses was there really like a jewish exodus of egypt or whatever and they were trapped in the desert 40 years and you know in the scientific sense they're like well there's no proof that that happened and all i can say is well proof or not i think that story is supposed to teach you a lesson think that's the whole purpose of that like it's supposed to it's supposed to teach a lesson whether it's true or not there's a lesson involved in that so i think you should go with that so when you think about religion and stuff like that don't think of everything literal because when you think about things as literal especially things you can't fully like comprehend and things that are like not scholarly backed up you're gonna go and run into a lot of problems so I mean, like, religious, I know, I mean, I've been going to church forever, and I know a lot of really smart people in regards to this shit. Uh, some people I thought was smart, and turns out they had other ulterior motives and problems and shit like that, but I don't know. Um, why God created the universe? I think the full answer should be, I think this should be any faith, is I don't know. And I think being like, I don't know the secrets of the universe, what the fuck do you think I am? Um, and so, yeah, but yeah, I don't know, I guess some, my thoughts are people who are like atheists being like, there is no God. I'm like, there, I'm like, prove it. And cause atheists are like to Christians are like, prove there's a God and shit like that. I don't know. It's a weird 
fucking circumstance. I don't know. Let's go into our next question. Why don't the incels and the femcels date each other? I have a very shallow understanding of these two terms, but I've always wondered why don't they date each other if they feel like the opposite gender is the fault of their celibacy. <sighs> That's rough, buddy. Okay, so yeah, I think the when you put the shallow understanding of these two terms, you very much do not understand. So I have to say in a situation, I watched an incel documentary. Now, when I watched this incel documentary, I was hoping that it would be funny. It was not funny. It was not funny at all. It was very sad. And I felt really sad for these guys. So, thinking about these incels, uh, it's, it's, it's weird to talk about incels. I can talk about incels, not because I am one, because I'm not. Because um, uh, it, it determines involuntarily celibate, I think that's the term, and I'm not. Um, if I wanted to have sex with someone... I very much could figure that shit out and do it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the shit. Like, if you want to find... Here's the thing. Uh, with women, if, if a woman wants to have sex with a man, it's easy. If a man wants to have sex with a woman, it's a little bit more difficult, but it can happen. It's called lowering your fucking standards. That's the trick. So, um, your idea that uh, incels and femcels shit each other... Here's the problem, though incels look a certain type of way and incels then become incels because they look a certain type of way kind of and then uh then they're mad at women they want to be attracted to them to like them but they don't and so it's a whole situation and so when you talk about fem cells fem cells want men to look a certain type of way to like them and then when they don't it's a it's a whole thing so to be honest, incels and femcels, uh, incels are ugly men and femcels. Oh, sorry, I'm going to start over. Incels are ugly men who are assholes, and femcels are ugly women who are also assholes. So uh, the thing is, incels, they want a woman to look a certain way to like them. Femcels want a man to look a certain type of way to like them. However, uh, when the fem cells are like, I want a man who look to look a certain type of way, those are not incels. So, it's kind of like you're ugly and have a bad personality. Because in regards to men, I mean, I can't talk for women, but when men are ugly but have a good personality, they can still get a hot chick. Uh, I don't know. I can't talk for women on that way. So, it's not necessarily that. So, that's the real cause of incels. Um, Real, that's the nice thing about being a man, though, is because you could. Doesn't matter how good you look as a man, you can still pull a, a ten out of ten, if you uh, if you have a little bit of confidence. Like confidence is weird. Like I'll just I'll tell women. Like I'll just be like, hey, I'll just like talk to. I'll be talking to women. Like, I'll get their number and then never call them because that's the type of guy I am. Uh, I identify as a fucking threat. Let's go with both of them. Um, I'll be like, you know how women are really into confident men, and then the like all the women I'm talking to will be like, yes, like confidently. I'm like, well, here's my trick. You should find a guy that you don't think is ugly, but who has no confidence, and be like, boost his confidence, because then if he boosts his confidence, you'll be attracted to him. Um, where was it going with this? Oh yeah, so 
I think incels and femcels should date. However, uh, their standards are too high to date. And my life advice is if you want to have sex, lower your standards. That's for all the men out there. Um, you could have, you could easily get sex from someone you're not attracted to. Um, you just got to figure out how to get your boner. Um, life is not pornography, people. That's, that's a fact. Okay. Next question. Moving on from this point. Am I an incel? I have spent the majority of my young teen and adult years basically incapable of having any sort of emotional or sexual relationship with a woman. It's not like I'm angry about deaf, a little downtrodden, but not like angry at her or the world. I got rejected again today after one of my classes, which is no biggie, but one of my friends called me an incel afterwards. My friend and I often make fun of each other and do get carried away, but this kind of hit a weird spot as I'm really insecure about it. If I am attracted in incapable of conversation, does that make me an incel? So, okay, we're, we're moving forward with this incel idea. Um, I don't think you're an incel because mainly I don't know you and I don't know... Because being an incel is your thoughts on like how you view women. It's not necessarily you necessarily getting rejected by women. Re getting rejected by women... It, getting rejection is hard. Like women... Like, I think I talked about a couple episodes or maybe last episode. I don't know how many episodes ago this was. But uh, I talked about how uh, men who reject a woman for being fat, then they're apparently fat phobic. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're fat phobic. They're just uh, a woman is just upset because they got rejected. And rejection sucks dick. Um, it, it I should stop saying things suck dick because sucking dick is great. Um getting rejected is awful. And I think that's a big thing we all need to worry about. Like, I don't know. I do music. So I'm just used to like, if you audition for something and you get rejected, it's like you, you got a no big deal. Actors and comedians and shit like that are way better at that than musicians are. I will say that on, on like auditions and shit like that. But when it comes to that, like you just have to be like, you audition for something and just go into it knowing you're probably going to be rejected. And it's just kind of a numbers game. Like you go in, get rejected and yada, yada, yada. Hopefully you book something and things work out for you and things life is better for you. Uh, so and I don't think you're an incel. I think your friends are just being a dick. Um, maybe when, in regards to your friends, probably just don't tell them about your love life or whatever. It's like, I was this girl. And she said, no, um, it doesn't sound like you view women in a negative light. That's the the main sign of being an incel. So I'm not too worried about you actually being an incel. I'm more worried about like you dealing with rejection. And I wish there was like someone needs to do something about like how do you deal with rejection? Like we need like a good course on rejection and how you deal with it because. Like, as we're getting to a point where women are, you know, are as good as men, which is a shit to say, but also women asking out men on dates and shit like that, that's what's happening. <coughs> Ooh, that was a good one. Um, you know, like, women are going to have to get used to rejection as much as men. Because, you know, like, when a woman's not interested in a guy and she ghosts him, she just expects him to be like, take the hand and accept that I don't want to be with you except rejection. No one likes rejection. Rejection sucks 
a lot. And so I don't know if there's a good way to accept rejection in our world. That's it's this weird middle ground. No one, no one tells you how to accept rejection or deal with rejection. No one tells you there's no course. There's no class. There's no wise mentor who's going to tell you that rejection is going to happen. It's going to happen a lot. Um, only like people in entertainment type businesses can deal with that shit. Is Frank being mad? Okay, he's gonna have to deal with it. Um, hey Frank, shut up. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's my that's probably my thoughts on that. All right, next question: Is swallowing cum vegan? A vegan girl in uni, which is short for university if you're not European, uh, once asked me this after I shot the fattest load in her mouth and she swallowed it like a champ. I've often wistfully pondered the conundrum and beseech you all to provide a much-needed answer, resolution to my quandary. Okay, so this is a loaded question and... uh, um, Congratulations. You played yourself. Okay, so I think I've seen this. I saw this a little bit before. I'm recording the episode, so I'm going to give a little bit of advice. Okay, so being vegan, with the idea of being vegans, as someone who is into hair products, there is a state beeswax is used in a lot of hair products. And so you see a lot of, like, this is a vegan hair product, or, like, hey, technically we're not vegan. However, we did not test our products on animals. So, you know, stuff like that. So that's what I know about hair. And I know there's some, I don't think it's as often as it was before, but they're like, we did not test our products on animals before you tried it. Which, like I've, I've mentioned on this podcast before, I'm an animal Darwinist, where I believe that it's okay that some animals can be tested on with this stuff and some are not. Dogs, no. Cats, no. Rats, yes. Deer, yes. Um, uh, rats, definitely rats, yes. Rabbits is the weird one. I'm not going to get into that. Um, so here, here's the thought I had on this. So, so say with hair products, you have beeswax in your hair product. Um, the the bee did not give consent technically to use that product. However, I'm probably sure the bee doesn't give a shit. Um, but the bee did not give consent to use that product. So that's my idea. But when it comes to humans, um, you said you, you dropped the fattest load in her mouth and she asked if it was vegan. So I'm going to give the technicality of you, you're, we're, you know, adaptive evolutionary beings, human beings. Uh, you consented to putting that load in her mouth. Therefore, I'm going to say um, it was not vegan since you technically consented to putting it in her mouth. Since you're technically an animal, but you're okay with that part going out. Bees technically cannot give the consent for the beeswax or whatever to be put in hair products, but you consented technically to that. So I would say it's not vegan. I would say what is considered vegan is some form of consent in regards to the situation. 
So that's my thought on that. There's a lot of other thoughts that can be had in regards to your situation. Don't ask me to answer that question because I'm not going to. So here's to feeling good all the time. For those of you listening, when I say that, that means I am drinking more beer. Next question. Why do studios pay millions in licensing for IP for book series, then completely ignore the source material? Two good and very relevant examples at the moment would be the Wheel of Time and the Witcher series. It's fascinating when you do a side-by-side comparison of these with the books that they are supposed to be based on and realize that 50% or more of the TV series is made up entirely with different plot lines, characterizations, etc. It seems bizarre for a company to pay as much as they are for the rights to essentially the use to use the names and titles from an existing series then when it's fairly evident that the writers and showrunners want to do something completely original is this just a case of studio executives initiating an an idea then it's going off the rails when production begins or are these situations entered where they know they are going to be creating something vastly different and the rights uh, to the name are basically an attempt to capitalize on existing names recognition until they can capture their own audience. So I haven't watched The Witcher on Netflix, though. I love Henry Cavill. I, I'm going to be honest. I love the Snyder DC Universe. I'll tell you, I like Ben Affleck. Is that Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck. I didn't say Ben Affleck or Ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I think costume wise, I just think he, I think he does a good job with the character. I think Ben Affleck is a good character. Um, and I think if you watch actual Snyder cuts, so you watch the Snyder cut of the Justice League and you watch uh, the director's cut of Batman v Superman, I think it's really good. I think Batman v Superman, the director's cut is really good because it's very slow paced. That's Zack Snyder's style. Um, you know, very uh, slow paced and it actually makes sense why everything happens. It's on it's on HBO Max, so don't be stingy. Um Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Um, so yeah, I guess you're talking about the Witcher, so that's why I brought it. Henry Cavill, video games, they wanna make so with that situation, they're wanting to make something that's different from the video games, but is good on its own. That's why they're switching away from the source material. I think there's a book with it too. Henry Cavill is great. I learned like he built his own PC. He almost was late for his Superman audition because he was doing a World of Warcraft raid. I um, I start liking Henry Cavill a little bit more now than I did before. Um, so, yeah. So, I know they're going off subject. So, I guess they're going off source material. And I guess Game of Thrones, which is another series I didn't watch. Um, now, I want to go a little... I want to talk about a series I did pay a lot of attention to. And that went slightly off source material. That is anything in the Harry Potter universe. Now, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. For those of you who didn't know, I will go off all day on how much I love this fucking series. So, um, they went a lot off source material. So, um, one idea I would say that they did, because when you read a book, there is a difference when you write screenplay, what is actually on screen, what's filming, 
versus a book. Because in a book, you have to describe what's going on. In a film, you have to show what is going on. Totally, completely different situation and totally different thing. So that is a big thing. Um, And there's also studio involvement. Warner Brothers is big on this uh, with Marvel, Disney, is their overlord and stuff like that. So if they, they're interested. So let's just go with like Marvel and Disney, like Marvel, you know, they obviously make their own movies, but, and they base it off some comic book stories, but they're not a hundred percent. Like, you know, they're not like accurate to like the store, the source material or whatever the fuck they, they're doing. Uh, Disney is interested in making a sale, getting people to watch making money. Uh, what Marvel is interested in, because Kevin Feige is, is telling a good story. And luckily, telling a good story, getting people interested in the product, and making sales with Disney once is a good combination of the two. So it's a weird thing. Um, when I talk about Harry Potter, like, do I wish there was a lot of changes I wish that they did? 100%. I wish they would make a lot more changes. Um, but can I change it now? No, because it's 2021, almost 2022, and uh, Goblet of Fire came out in 2005, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I can't change things, even if I tried. Next question. Uh, would tip culture actually go away if waiters were paid more? I look at streaming and a living wage doesn't seem stop, doesn't seem stop tips. It seems it just moves the goalposts. Okay. So, um, I don't know what country you're from, so things could be different, but in not America, uh, waiters and waitresses are paid a living wage. And I think culturally, if I'm, if I, my knowledge is correct, that if you tip a waiter or waitress, it's considered rude in those cultures. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm from the United States and I lived in Kansas, Missouri, and Tennessee, I've, I've lived in three states, and all of them are trash. Um, so take it as you will. But uh, I have a friend um, who who does work at a specific location that who that made a complete effort that they said that we you, we do not expect you to tip. We are paying our employees a fair wage or a living wage. And we want you to know that going in. So they're not underpaying their waiters or waitresses and bartenders and shit like that. We're paying a living wage going in. So the idea that you need to tip them is not a big thing. That's really cool of the company. I respect the company a lot, the friend I'm working at. Uh, he's working there still, so I expect they are doing good. Um, don't want to dox him uh, for this specific moment. So, um, yeah, so I, it's not... It's one of those things. It's like healthcare because if you're in the United States, you're like, oh, you expect uh, doctors and nurses to work for free. I'm like, no, we pay taxes, and that goes into their pay, into what they get paid for. When you talk about like waiters and waitresses, they get paid a living wage, and so when you go out to dinner, you pay for that dinner. That dinner goes to the waiter and waitress or bartender, you know, whatever that shit. So. Um, I wish I live in the United States, obviously. So I wish in the sense that I didn't have to tip, but I do tip because, uh, I know those waiters and waitresses need to live 
And I'd rather, honestly, and I know a lot of people are like, I'm under Diamond Dash, but can I get your Venmo so I can give you some, t- give you tip money? I know a lot of people like that. And uh, respect. So, with that being said, let's go to our last question. Is being single better than being in a relationship? So, this is a good question. Um, there's the obvious uh, idea that the grass is always greener on the other side. So, here's the thing I will say. So, yeah. So, when you're single, you always think about being in a relationship. And then, you know, you, f- you think about your friends who are in relationships they always think about being single, like what they could do when they were single, doing the single life and shit like that. So here's the thing. There's there's a middle ground in regards to all that. Um, if you're single, um, be like be like, hey, I'm you know, I'm single, I wish I had someone, but hey, at least I'm not so with someone who is a piece of shit. Um You know, because if you're with someone who's a piece of shit, if you're watching the movie Saving Silverman that's 100% the question. Uh, then you have people who are in bad relationships who are like, I wish I could be single, but I don't know how to get a way out. Those are the people you need to be sorry for. Then you have like people who are in good, then maybe people who are in good relationships or whatever. And you're like, man, I miss the days when I was single, thinking about that. You know, you think about that, the glory days or whatever, but you're also like, I love this bitch. I'm never going to stop loving you, bitch. And you think about that, and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to believe this person. I like him. It's it's just the grass is always greener on the other side, to be honest, because, like, there's pros and cons to being single, and there's pros and cons to being in a relationship. All you have to wonder is, do you like the person you're in a relationship with? Uh, if you like that person, uh, the pros should outweigh the cons. When you're single, it should be like, uh, am I in a relationship with someone I don't like? And then... Uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm not trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. But then, speaking of that, we have finished the episode. So thank you so much for listening to the Lord Trademark's favorite episode of Kansas Sweezy. Thank you so much for checking out this show. The Dag. Oh, also, you know, with the Lord Trademark's favorite podcast. You got to follow us on social media at the Sweezy everywhere. That's Facebook. That is Twitter, Instagram, and. Uh, TikTok, and I don't think there's anything else at the moment you should follow besides Twitch, twitch.tv slash the shweezy. Go follow me, and if you have an a, uh, Amazon Prime account, connect the two. Get a Twitch Prime. That way, you can connect the two, and you get a uh, help daddy out $5 a month. That's a great way to financially support us. You can also go check out my music out on all streaming services, wherever you stream your music uh please go stream that uh the streaming is the real deal and i am proud of the music i've made um like i said with twitch i already said go subscribe to that especially amazon prime users you can also check out our uh patreon patreon is a great way to say thank you for being a friend free shit you can do if you're on youtube uh like our videos especially our highlights subscribe to the channel comment especially on the highlights and like and uh for the audio only leave a review subscribe to the channel give us a star rating five four three two one i don't care and uh yeah i think that's all i have to say so let's end the episode the correct way the correct way that we all need to finish all our episodes so honk feel up butt drugs and uh Stay awesome. Joy to the world. 
look at you, hon. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Shweezy. Thank you so much. Make sure, wherever you're watching or listening to the show, that you press the subscribe button and leave us a review as well. Like always, I just want to remind you once again to stay awesome.